welcome back to That Might Be Cool. Uh, I'd like to welcome you into the, I guess, second phase or relaunch or whatever you want to call it of That Might Be Cool. Uh, this is the first interview style episode that uh, we will be doing on the show, and uh, we'll be doing a lot more after this. So uh, the very first one is somebody who you've all heard before, especially if you're a listener of the Savage Land podcast, but uh, it is Matt Hockett, my good buddy and co-host, uh, on uh, the Savage Land podcast, and uh, occasionally he's been a fill-in host on That Might Be Cool as well. Um, Matt and I have a, a great project that we've been working on lately, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, pretty soon we'll uh, we'll start getting that uh, going and, and out to the public for you all to uh, enjoy. It's another podcast thing because uh, you know we can't get enough of it. Um, but this episode, uh, I just wanted to preface it by uh, letting you all know that uh, we did have a couple of little tef- technical difficulties there, as it was the first time we did our remote episode. Um, but other than that, uh, things went well, and uh, we really learned a lot about uh, Mr. Matthew's uh, deep and rich backstory. Um, so hopefully you all enjoy it. Uh, feel free to let us know how you felt about the episode, either through reviews on iTunes or uh, or tweets at That Might Be Cool. Uh, and remember, uh, we do have ways to support the show. If you check out our show notes, we've got uh, our Amazon link and also our link for Acorns that'll help you uh, save money with a really convenient and easy app. So uh, check out those links and uh, let us know what you think. But in the meantime, enjoy this, uh, this episode of That Might Be Cool, uh, episode one of season two. Uh, of the, I guess, renumbering or the new phase of that might be cool. Anyway, enjoy. Breathe breathe in American oxygen. Have I disappeared from existence? Oh no, you're back. And we what? are all back. What? What so that might be cool. On? I was just doing the music. You couldn't hear it, but uh, I was oh, doing the intro music. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I, th- I thought I disappeared into uh, some Netherlands there for a second. <laughs> How's it going, Matt? It's going good, man. How about you? Not too bad. Just uh, you know, getting used to the new digs and uh, trying to figure out all this uh, you know remote recording nonsense. Um, so that's great. It, it's a little terrifying. Uh, doing this via Skype instead of in person because all I get is just a weird like a picture of you smiling super brightly <laughs> that's all I can see I know we could have done video but then that would probably uh, reduce the quality of the audio and, and we don't want that do we but right. that, that picture I mean that is a good photogenic black and white picture of me with really short hair so it Hope sure is that. look at you look at look at that look at that guy there look at that guy I've got I've got a nice view of your dog too so that's always good that's how I roll. <laughs> um, the song for the listeners is uh, "American Oxygen" by X Ambassadors. Um, I'm Matt, sure it was really. I'm sure it was really good. Probably some super dope pop punk. <laughs> it's actually not. It's. I mean, it is good, but it's not. It's not very pop punk, which is uh, out of out of form for me. I got that out uh, of the right. way. No, yeah, for the for the for the listeners, I can't hear the music, so it's going to be a surprise <laughs> for me too. We're still we're still learning as we go for uh, how to do this whole thing. Um, but yeah, no, I got, I got the pop punk thing out of the way yesterday when I uh, recorded sort of an update episode. Cause, uh, cause the, the nice listeners have gone two weeks without an episode and they were really thankful for that, but I decided to punish them. 
As you should. Yeah, uh, you, as I should. I, I, I imagine you probably just like said, hello, here's my filler episode. And then you just played Dude Ranch by Blink-182, the entire album. Yeah, no, that's all I did. But in between songs, I uh, I gave my commentary. And like during it, I'd be like, oh, that was a good power chord right there. And like, yeah, in between songs, you'd be like, Batman. Yeah. And like really quick, just like zing them with it. Like, you know, Ben Affleck co-wrote Wonder Woman and just like done next next song. That was it. It was really cool. I'm sure they liked it. You still there, Matt? Well, listeners, it seems like we've lost Matthew. All right, we're going to pause the show. Matt uh, had some issues. All right, we're back. Uh, we just dropped the call. Uh, good old Skype. Um, if anyone, By the way, if anyone knows any uh, better suggestions for how to coordinate our uh, our recording, please feel free to let us know. Uh, email jason at thatmightbecool.com. Um, what, what was the last part that you were in on, Matt? Um, I, I don't remember some sort of like, uh, what did I make some dumb joke about you saying Batman between songs or something? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's and I, exactly and then what I, I did. Okay. I ju- then I just couldn't hear you after that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I actually ended up rambling for like an hour and a half about like weird nostalgia things and just like catch up stuff and talking about random stuff. It was really weird. I looked over at the recording time and I was just like, Oh, okay. This has yep. gone on too long. That uh, honestly doesn't surprise me one bit. <laughs> I guess, yeah, for anyone that listens to the the Savage Land, that probably shouldn't surprise you too much. Um, it was uh, we we both had Fuck. to do episodes solo this week, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. You're, you're cutting out a little bit there, dude. So just keep that in mind. Ah, well, f this. Uh, we'll we'll see how this episode goes. Um, yeah, let's keep let's keep it rolling. <laughs> Uh, anyway, what's, uh, what's been, what's been going on in your, in your neck of the woods lately, Matt? You had a, you had an, a pretty terrible incident yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, it, yeah, dude, it was the fucking worst. Uh, uh, too long, didn't read, I saw a dog get hit by a car, and then I sat with the dog while it died, called the family, and they came get it, and we all kind of, like, sat around and cried for a while, and uh, it's just the worst. Damn, dude. I did nothing fucks me up more than dogs and dead dogs, dying dogs. Yeah, that's that's pretty shitty, man. Not gonna lie. That's uh I can't even imagine what I would do if I if I came across that. No, it's the worst. And you know what's surprising is nobody stopped. Not one person stopped to be like, Oh hey, look, there's a guy with a dead dog. Holy hell. It just got hit by a car. Maybe he wants some help. Which is just crazy to me. I mean, like I had it. I mean, it's like, I mean, there's not much anyone can do, but just the fact that like, we're so disconnected these days that, you know, Oh, somebody, somebody's, somebody's taking care of it. Yeah. Don't need to, don't need to bother myself with, uh, the fact that, you know, there's some guy crying with a dead dog on the sidewalk. Jeez, man. It was, so was, anyway. this was like in a neighborhood, like a regular neighborhood. All right. Uh, we had another, uh, another Skype drop. So we're actually on Google Hangouts now. Uh, it's, it's like a, clubhouse for the cool kids yeah exactly all the all the cool kids hang out in google hangouts and uh all the lame kids stay on skype so we we became cool just barely so cool i'm so cool right now oh dude so so fucking cool um anyway uh so matt people have uh people have heard and and listened to your uh to your musings on the savage land podcast now for uh let's see about a year and three months or so um uh- I'd say that's that's up for debate whether or not they've heard my musings and stuff. <laughs> what do you mean by that? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't know. I imagine like once I start talking, they're like, "Oh, tune out." 
<laughs> no, dude, that's that's what they do with me, especially because like all I talk about is DC Comics and and Blink One Eighty Two, and that's that's it. I'm I'm very two note. Um, but I mean, with so with that being said, uh, as much as uh you know they've they've kind of learned some some little things about you and and you know the the surface level recent stuff uh not many of them are gonna know your your backstory you know your your what what made you the mat that uh we hear today every week or most most weeks uh, my my origin story your origin story the uh well, i didn't know this was an origin story episode <laughs> it's an origin story episode every superhero needs one uh, yeah 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 okay no I'm just, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's it's true i i i i keep myself shrouded in mystery uh you know, so nobody nobody really knows what's going on. It's very true, and it's it's a good thing that this is uh, this is on that might be cool show because if if it was on Savage Land, man, that might uh, that might ruin the the mystery and the mystique of uh, of yourself. Um, and eventually, we we may have to get Rachel on uh, as well and and get her origin story because uh, despite the fact that she's you know tends well, to cause she's kind of she's kind of told her origin story though on the Savage Land. We've we've heard all about farm life. We've heard about farm life. Uh, that's true. I guess we've we've heard a decent amount of her origin story, huh? Not saying that Rachel doesn't have more of an origin story to tell. <laughs> I'm sure she's a multifaceted character and not uh Rachel has many facets. Yes. There's there's at least there's at least like 10 facets in her character. Wow. I was going to go 4 or 5. Oh, I'm dude, uh, I'm saying 10. Okay. No. It's I, the I, the challenge is up to you to meet her amount of facets. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Um, but so, so where, uh, where, where did it all start, Matt? Where, where were you born? Where were you, uh, where were you conceived? Where were your parents when they, uh, when they had the idea of making Jesus you? Christ. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know what? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, where were you no, born? I was, I was born in Boston. In Boston? I didn't know that. Yeah. How long, uh, were your parents from Boston or, or were they just kind of randomly out there while your mom was nine months pregnant? Well, you know, it's a, it's a little tricky because my biologic dad uh, and my mom uh, split when I was probably one or less. Oh, damn. Uh, and then he died later that year. So he died when I was one and a half. Dang, dude, that's uh, crazy. Was it uh, like uh, like a disease or something like that or was it? Yep, the big C. The big C, huh? See you next Tuesday, right? That's right. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so you know what? Honestly, I you know my mom's not. She doesn't really like. She doesn't talk about that kind of old stuff. And so yeah, I, yeah I'm not. I'm not really 100 percent sure of what the whole scenario was going down. More in mystery. That time frame. That makes sense, though. It sounds like it would be quite a complicated thing. Yeah, I think it's a little complicated, and I think that you know, uh, I started asking when I was you know older, 16, 17, and I think by that point, um, we had. She had started, she had already, you know, started a new life with my, with my dad now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, at that point she had had my sisters and so, you know, new family, you know, and you kind of just kind of wash the old stuff away. Yeah, totally. Uh, because particularly in this scenario, cause the only, the only, the only important factor of that is me being alive. And so absolutely being a, already being a presence in her life, it, it would just never became a topic conversation but the anyway so then i mean i moved i lived all over man i was born in boston and then i did um uh orlando florida washington dc uh pennsylvania los angeles uh 
Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Salt Lake City, San Francisco, back to Salt Lake City. Oh wow, that's my those are my travels. And how how old were you when uh, how old were you when your dad came into the picture? Um, four, four. Okay, and where uh, where location wise was that? So they met in Reno actually, uh, while I was wow. living with my grandma in in Orlando. Huh. Because uh, my mom was a flight attendant, so she was going back and forth all over the country. Okay. And so I'd stay with my grandma, and then they met in Reno, and then uh, he was working there. He was like a ski bum working at a ski resort or uh, at a casino. And then uh, anyway, I think they moved to we moved, all moved together in D.C. So I yeah I don't know. Wow, that's uh, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's cool. Like with, with your mom being a flight attendant, I'm sure it's like, there's, you know, anybody that she would get to know or, or meet as like this kind of chance encounter thing that like, if a couple of things had gone differently, never would have met or anything like that, you know? Oh, totally. It's like that, uh, isn't there that rom-com movie about airplanes or something? I'm sure there's like 10 of them. Like catch me if you can, right? That's a rom-com, right? <laughs> yeah. Catch me if you can. Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and, and Tom Hanks have a meet cute. <laughs> Uh, no, man, but yeah, my, I mean, my, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my earliest memories are uh, uh, on airplanes, being on an airplane. That's pretty cool. How? Uh, yeah, it's like, good. Yeah. Uh, just you know, back in the day when, you know, my mom would just put me on the airplane and I'd just sit in the flight attendant's cabin on the ground, like playing with toys and making puzzles and stuff. It's like <laughs> no safety restrictions on those things, you know. That's amazing. That's like. I mean, that's that's the funniest, like, sort of, you know, you can picture the Pixar moment with the, the kids sitting in the, the airplane, just, like, messing around with toys, and, you know, and then, then it could turn into a horror movie when, you know, the plane hits turbulence and all the toys go flying everywhere, and, and there, there's a lot of visuals there, is all I'm saying. Well, yeah, and then, once, and then when the gremlins land on the wings, that's, you know, <laughs> and, William, and William Shatner's on your flight. Ah, oh, dude, I hate it when William Shatner's on my flight. Ugh. It's the worst. Um, so when, how old were you when, uh, when you guys moved to Salt Lake, at least the first time? Um, 11, 10 or 11. 10 or 11. So you did most of your kind of formative growing up, uh, in, in Utah? Yeah. I've always said, you know, when people ask where I'm from, I'm always said I'm from Utah, even though I lived, I lived in, uh, I lived in Los Angeles for seven years and then I lived in Salt Lake for seven years and then I lived in San Francisco for seven years and now it's been about seven years I've been back here in Salt Lake, so. Wow. Uh, yeah. So you get this. I, there's not one place I've lived really longer than anyone else. I, well, I technically Salt Lake because I've been here a cumulative of fourteen, but yeah, uh, broken up. So. So what? What took you out to San Francisco? Uh, school. Went out there for school and just just get out of Dodge. You know, you yeah. graduate. You graduate high school, and it's just time to do something. Go somewhere else. Check. See some new terrain. You know, in San Francisco, I had a friend who lived out there, and so I went to live with her. That's and then cool. Just you know, made a whole bunch of friends and started playing music pretty pretty regularly. So that's way awesome. Where where'd you go to school out there? The place called College of Marin. Okay. And what what was your major? Biology. Biology. Wanted to to study the animals, of course. Look at the animals. You know. You know. Learn about animal penises. Whatever. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, for, in my opinion, the only education you need on animal penises is uh, episode, I think, fifty-five of Savage Land. I think that's exactly right. I think I think that's the only education anyone needs on on uh, animal penises because it pretty much covers all the bases. The basics. It's just an overview. We need uh, 
I mean, we could get, <laughs> we could we could keep going down that rabbit hole. That's but it's true. A good, uh, it's a good. It's a good anal penis one hundred and one. It's a that's it's a good it's a good uh, beginner's guide. <laughs> I guess we could just basically make the entire rest of that show about animal penises every week. You know, I thought about it. I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to it because it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I I wouldn't be opposed to it either, man. It's 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 your show. You you've you've got the. <laughs> the call to do whatever you want in in regards I to animal penises. Yeah, I don't know. I you know I well anyway. Go for it. Say what you're gonna uh, say. Oh no, it's uh it's off topic. It's off recording. Oh okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to hear about the behind the scenes. The inside baseball of it all. Not really. <laughs> um. So so you moved out to San Francisco for school, and that's when you started playing music as well, or had you already? Oh, I started playing music when I was. Um, I don't know, six or seven, playing saxophone in Los Angeles. And what was uh, what was the first instrument that you learned how to play? Saxophone. Saxophone. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, you kind of said that, that just... it broke up a little bit. Oh, okay. Not, but yeah. like in retrospect, when you said sa- saxophone, then I was like, okay, that's what that word was. You're like, you're like, sexy bone, sexy bone, <laughs> sexy bone, sexy bone. He played some sexy bones. Ooh boy. Um. I played sax for a couple of years. Then I, when I moved to Jackson Hole, uh, I switched to oboe. Oh, damn. Uh, and tried that out, and it was exceptionally difficult, so I stopped. And then when I moved to when we moved to Salt Lake, uh, I picked up bass, and that stuck. Bass and guitar, and those, yeah, those are the two that stuck. That's awesome. And so yeah. you've, uh, when, when was the first time you, you, so you joined a band when you went out to San Francisco? Uh, uh, yeah, a whole bunch. Played in a whole bunch of bands out there. Really? What type uh, of music? I mean, I, I had already been playing bands here in Salt Lake because I, you know, I started playing bass when I was fourteen. Oh, okay. So I played played in bands all through high school. Played in bands out, out of high school. Moved to California, and I don't know. Played in a whole bunch of bands out there too, and you know, all sorts of different genres. Did you have uh, Did you have any like musical um, role models or people that you admired that you kind of tried to model yourself after or? Uh you know, kind of use as, as examples or learning tools? Yeah. Um, when I first, cause I took a couple lessons, but I mostly just taught myself uh-huh. and I would just, I would just play, I just like pick albums that I really, I was really into, uh, and just learn all the baselines back to front, you know? That's and pretty so cool. I think that, yeah. So the biggest ones were like, uh, evil empire by rage against the machine, uh, Classic. music, music by three eleven, um, uh, Primus is the Brown album, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Chili Peppers, um, which are just like kind of those quintessential bass albums. Oh, absolutely. That's like uh, uh, every song I can think of by any of those three is just like super hard, like bass line and, and very, very bassy. It's all sorts as, of bassy. As the, people, as the people in the industry say, which I'm very privy yep. to. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then as I sort of as I played more, I kind of, you know, you diversify out of that. You learn other styles, you learn another because those are kind of all kind of like angry 90s funk, funk rock 90s stuff. Yeah. So you diversify, started playing a lot of hip hop and, and then really kind of dug back into the worlds of funk with, the, um, uh, I don't know, just old, like, you know, 70s kind of funk and soul and then learned a little country. I mean, you know, you just kind of have to you, you, you diversify, or you're forever in a box, and that's not a good place to be. Yeah, you end up uh, you end up like Blink One Eighty Two. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally. 
Uh, well, I, I don't know. Their their new album's a little different. Anyway, uh, we won't we, <laughs> we won't follow that Blink One Eighty Two rabbit hole again. Well, uh, but I do have that. I do have that uh, connection where my very first band, when we were all like fourteen, learned uh, "Bored" by the Deftones and "Damn It" by Blink One Eighty Two. Nice. So technically, Blink One Eighty Two was the second song I ever played in a band together with. Boom, boom. But uh, not like I loved it or anything. <laughs> It's okay. I mean, I I had a very very brief history with guitar, and uh, the only song I ever learned on guitar was "Feeling This" by Blink One Eighty Two. So, you know, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, I actually like. I was kind of disappointed in myself because I thought about bringing my guitar out with with me here just to like fiddle with it every once in a while and just kind of do that sort of. I don't know. Like, you, you always just like want to explore different things and just like. You know, like I've been drawing a lot recently and like with writing and all that stuff. It's just kind of like those different avenues of uh, creativity. And I kind of wish I had brought my guitar with me. Yeah, totally, man. I mean, I, th- I think that all the different sort of creative arts, kind of diversifying yourself through them and just for the sole reason of just the kind of getting that mental exercise, you know, because you're, you're going to be working a different part of your brain, taking around on a guitar than you are drawing or that you are writing or whatever else. So I, I, I totally think that's... Even if you're not, even if you're, you have no destiny of being a guitar player, yeah, I definitely don't. Yeah, you know, just the act of, you know, putting the guitar in your hands and plunking around for a little bit and maybe learning a song or two. Totally, it's no, abs- it's total, totally valuable. Yeah, and just like yeah, and learning, learning like how it works, and I think it also gives you kind of a, a different insight into like how music is made and how it's performed. You know, you watch other bands live, and I like when I did start playing the guitar a little bit, I definitely started noticing more when you watch bands live and things like that just like the way that they play and their different styles you know there's so many different ways to play a freaking guitar or a bass guitar or whatever and you start kind of picking up on that oh absolutely um yeah and it's just yeah anyway and you know i i Jenica's in the same boat she uh oh Jenica's my wife by the way i don't know yeah. tmbc knows that but savage land does i almost did a i almost did an editor's editor's note right there oh, there you go um <laughs> Anyway, she uh, she started playing ukulele like a year or two after we got together. Oh, cool! Uh, specifically for that reason. I mean, she's got she's got a really good voice, so she's kind of got that leg up in the sense that she can kind of hear music already. Mm-hmm. But just to just you know just to have that sort of you know doing something else with your brain. I think yeah, it's super. I think it's you know like that uh, you know mental calisthenics. Absolutely. Always do things to keep your brain moving, and that's uh, kind of even, even if you're not good at it. Yeah, because it's like, and I, it's like the same thing. I because I always used to, um, like with with some of my employees and stuff, I would have them like just doodle on like notepads and stuff throughout the day. Because it's like I've always thought that drawing is, and, and I think anything creative, really, like writing, drawing, all that stuff, it's such a good exercise to keep your mind flexible and and I don't know, just like keep you engaged in in observing the world around you, in what you see and what you hear and what you read, like. I don't know. Oh yeah, totally, man. I mean, I I, I think it's critical. Some out, some creative outlet, uh, and the more the merrier. Absolutely. So, what's what's your favorite uh, type of music to play, or do you have one? I don't have one. I love playing ska, like old ska, like root, roots, old roots Jamaican ska, like six, the stuff from the sixties and seventies. Okay, the stuff that you would hear in a uh, in in Maz's castle in Star Wars, or is that more? Okay, yeah. That's more reggae, but yeah, reggae. You're, I mean, you're not too far. You're not too far off. Um, but yeah, just the more kind of old school, simplified ska. 
Okay. Uh, I love playing ska. Ska's, oh, that old ska is so great. I'm not too crazy about the, the new ska, like this like third wave ska or whatever they call it, like kind of like the punk, ska punk stuff. Some of it's pretty good, but no, nah, man, that old Jamaican ska has got some serious soul. So this uh, this new ska well, is kind of like the uh, the image comics of mu- of ska music, or at least old image. Yeah, kind of. I could see that. Like that new thing that comes in and there's not much below the surface, but it's just kind of loud and, and, and sort of in your face. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it, it 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 was pretty popular for a long time, and I, and I assume there's a little bit of it still out there. So who are who are some of your favorite ska artists then? Uh, Toots and the Maytals is my top favorite. Okay. Uh, Burning Spear, I really like. But all the old Bob Marley, all the old stuff that Bob Marley did before he was kind of Bob Marley with uh, uh, just just as the Whalers with mm-hmm. uh, uh, the Bunny Bunny Whaler and Peter Tosh. I may have said Bunny's last name wrong. I might not be willing. Anyway. If if I knew, I'd correct you, but I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, but, you know, there's all that kind of stuff. And there's some newer bands, too, that that that, uh, that sort of have that same sound, like the uh, the Scottalites or... Uh, uh, shoot, what's the other one? I'm drawing a blank right now. But, anyway. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, I mean, I, that's the thing. I like playing music. I've done hip-hop so much hip hop stuff and that's always super fun to do just like or sort of more more in the realm of uh hip hop themed electronica i guess you could call it like the rjd2 kind of stu- stuff yeah DJ shadow that's yeah. what i so what i was about to say is that you can actually if you're if you're um savvy enough you can find on youtube a uh, a fairly popular music video that uh, features uh one mr matt on the bass slap at a bass yeah, that. we can skip we can skip that one if you want to hear music I've done. <laughs> I've got uh <laughs> I've got a SoundCloud uh Oh, do you really? Uh, yeah. And it's a peng- pangolin moth like the animals, pangolin moth. I'll uh, I'll throw a uh I'll yeah, throw a link throw, in the show notes. A link in there. Anyway, that and that goes to the an album I made with my buddy uh that's all sort of very RJD2 DJ Shadow influenced. Uh 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 hip-hop themed instrumental stuff so that's yeah. freaking awesome dude that's uh you, you've definitely you've definitely had a lot of a lot of interesting experiences especially in regards to your to your musical uh uh tenure that's true is this the like fight try to get matt to tell all of his crazy stories in one go so we just get them all out of the way <laughs> Not at all. I mean, I I I would be down to explore those avenues over over an extended period of time. Uh, well, I think that's I think that's half of it, though. Some of, a lot of the weird stuff that's happened to me is just kind of kind of has to come up naturally in conversation because it's just sort of one of those oddball things. Some, that's something. If someone asked me, "Hey, Matt, what weird experiences?" I'd probably miss most of them just because I'm not. It's not like totally at the at the top of my head or like oh. I've got my list: seventy-five weird things that have happened to me over my life. <laughs> yeah, Let no, me pull it, it out. It has to like hit that chord or like strike that nerve that that activates that memory or whatever. I guess exactly, exactly. That's cool. So when when did you uh, when did you first get into like uh, comic books and and kind of the geekery type of things? I I honestly, man, I I don't remember not really you know, like no, not, I mean I, it was like uh, you know I saw Return of the Jedi when I was. I don't know, three or four in the theater. Nice. And, uh, you know, it just kind of went from there. You return of the Jedi, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. I mean, I don't remember a life without Star Wars. Totally. Uh, without Star Wars being a huge part of my life. Uh, 
you know, and I was just at that right age. So all the Ewok movies came out and I loved them. <laughs> there was the, there was the Ewok, uh, cartoon on TV and I loved that. And then like He-Man and stuff came out, you know, and those are all like your kids cartoons, but it all sort of set the, set the tone for, uh, you know, you know, finally getting my hands on some comic books. Uh, and I think my first comic books were Twilight Zone comics. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Really? That's, that's an interesting first taste. Yeah, well, I love that my mom was my mom and I would always stay up and watch the Twilight Zone all the time when I was a kid. Okay, uh, all, you know all the all, all the all the awesome black and white ones, and yeah. so she got me some Twilight Zone comics because they were coming out at the same time, and I really just kind of fell into those. Um, and then you know just kind of spiraled from there. Do you have a then, uh, Do you have a favorite Twilight Zone uh, episode or issue, or is uh, it so issue long ago? issue no episode? I don't know, man. There's so many good ones. That's um, very true. It would it, uh, honestly, like, because I just, you know, it's on. A lot of them are on Netflix, so I've, I go back and I watch them pretty frequently. Yeah, it's like, you know, oh, I need to decompress for half an hour. Uh, I'll watch Twilight Zone episode. It's not and, bad. Uh, no, it's a great idea. But there's just so there's one that I really liked. One that pops in my mind that I, I would say was one of my favorites is the one where the two astronauts go to a planet, and uh, the planet is inhabited by tiny, tiny people. Yeah. And they, you know, and so the tiny people view the astronauts as deities. And so the two astronauts kind of like, like influence these micro cultures to, to go to war with each other because they're fighting. And, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome, man. I mean, they, they totally end up, you know, disrupting this entire culture and playing God and the wow. little, like the little micro community makes, uh, builds a big, 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 sculptures of the astronauts and, and you know to worship their god <laughs> uh and it's it's great man i mean it, it, the thing with twilight zone it was it's so it was so forward thinking for its totally. time when you yeah i mean when you think about what else was on television at the time and what else was even in pop culture at the time it's so far ahead of anything else oh totally fully fully so but you know why it's because you know one of the guys they had doing a lot of work with the twilight zone was, was uh Ray Bradbury and Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, no way! I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, not fully, but they were definitely a, they were definitely a part of it. And and you know, Rod Serling was a was a huge forward thinking individual as well. And, yeah. Well, and they're all so like... there was. I mean, that's in that era of that whole sort of like explosion of these new ideas, and and the science fiction just blew up and took off. And you know, every 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 other day, they probably you know they were making all those crappy b movies from the 50s of science fiction movies and yeah 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 that's way cool so but, where uh, in terms of in terms of comic books after after you kind of get activated with twilight zone where does that uh, then take you afterward what's the next uh, thing that just kind of like sticks with you or, or ends up catching your fancy uh two things one would be uh creepy comics creepy comics were a uh it was somewhat of like a tales from the crypt knockoff okay um uh, in one way to put it, although I, I'm not 100% certain what, which one came first, but the idea is this stands the same. There's a creepy Grim Reaper type uh, narrator who introduces you to all the different uh, shorter, short, short form stories within the comic. Uh, oh, okay. Those so are it's, all... it's like, oh, what's that? What was that one TV show with the woman that. Uh, Elvira. The... There we go. Yep. That's the one. Yep. It's kind of like that. So. Uh, but anyway, they were all, they were all, uh, horror, just, you know, all sorts of horror, all werewolves and vampires and, you know, all the whole gauntlet of universal monsters and other kinds of monsters. And, 
that was a pretty huge. That was pretty huge for me. I thought I, I, all the Universal monsters. At, okay, and at the same time, um, uh, um, that movie came out. Why am I that forgetting movie. the name of it? Monster movie from the eighties with the kids. Monster Squad. Monster Squad came out, and it was just like the my <laughs> like my like a wet dream for a kid like me. Oh, totally. That was uh, Shane Black's writing debut. Oh, really? Yeah. Who uh, goes on to do Iron Man three, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, The Nice Guys, Lethal or uh, not Lethal Weapon? Um, yeah, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. So, um, anyway, and then the other the other one that I fell far down the rabbit hole was was uh, uh, Marvel specifically Spider Man and X Men. Okay. And who uh, at the time when you when you first jumped on, who were the uh, who were the writers and artists on on Spider Man and X Men, or at least the like the stories? Oh God, dude, I don't know. Uh, what was, was whenever whenever Maximum Carnage it was Maximum Carnage for Spider Man? That was what hooked you. Uh, yeah, and then it was Marvel Presents, which was a series they did in the late '80s, early '90s. That was uh, four stories in one comic, in one issue. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like and so. The, the 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 first of all of them was a Wolverine, an ongoing Wolverine story, and so that's sort of what got me into the X Men. I don't I don't remember who wrote that, but it was like Wolverine, you know, figuring out his Weapon X stuff, fighting Cyber. Uh, so yeah, that's way cool. That got me way into Wolverine, and then and then the other three shorter stories uh, sort of introduced me to the rest, uh, like a, a larger picture of the Marvel universe. Um, and how old... I think it was oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, and then I think what what fully brought me back into the X Men is when uh, just just around the time when Wolverine got his adamantium ripped out by Magneto. Okay, uh, I, I don't even remember that storyline actually. I, I mean, that I was right. That, it was right before Jim Lee took over with X Men number one. Okay, yeah, so it's like maybe a year or two before that. Yeah, there's and then my old Marvel is very like I the amount of old Marvel I've read is pretty shoddy. You're definitely like miles and miles stronger than me on that one. Yeah, I mean, well, maybe a little bit. I, 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 you know, beyond that, it wasn't a lot. I, 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 I got pretty into Alien comics. Um, there's a whole big Alien series that was really cool. Um, those dinosaur comics, Dino Rider comics, uh, Spawn. I got into Spawn when that when that came out. And how how so, old are you at this time when you're sort of having like this, uh, you know, kind of comic book explosion or or this peaked interest in uh, the comic books. Oh God, I don't know. Anywhere between eight and twelve. Okay. Uh, but you know, it was I, I. I was at that ripe age too. That when the uh, Spider-Man and X-Men cartoons came out, it's just like that did it right there. You know. Oh, that's very true. Those and those which cartoons, I'm sure, which I'm sure is yeah, a pretty 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 common story across the board. Oh yeah, well because they they lasted so long and they were I mean they were very good quality, especially for the time. Oh, um, no, they're still good. Oh, and. Uh, uh, Batman and Batman, Batman of course. So all three of those were just huge. I've, oh yeah, you know, and I and I just skipped Batman completely. But you know, when when Tim Burton's Batman came out, that was like my favorite thing in the entire world for a while. That movie is really good. It does still hold up. Yeah, well, and imagine you're eight years old and seeing that movie and losing your mind over it. <laughs> totally. That's that's how I was when Batman and Robin came out. I was right around that age. Except uh, like it. I was losing my mind over it in certain aspects, but then in certain aspects, I was like, I did find it weird that like I was having a hard time continuing to pay attention to that movie. 
Uh-huh. Like I, I had no sem. Like I, I didn't understand if a movie was good or bad at the time, but I was seeing Batman and Robin and just going like, this is weird that I'm not like continuously just staring at this movie right now. Sure. But um, yeah, no, but I, a, I get you. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a miracle. That you still like Batman today. <laughs> I had had, I mean, thankfully before that I had had exposure with the, uh, the animated series. That was my favorite thing to watch as a kid. Um, oh, totally. And I actually, I, I rewatched Batman Returns yesterday, speaking of Tim Burton's Batman. And yeah, well, when that one came out, I fucking, I still like that movie. I think that's a good movie. I do too. It's like, it's way more bizarre than I remember though. Oh, it's totally weird. And I mean, some people hate on it, uh, but I think it's just, I think it's great. The, the visuals in that movie are absolutely stunning. Like just, just how, cause I mean, the, the thing with Batman is you, you either have to bring Batman down to the level of realism of the regular world, or you have to bring the world up to the level of weirdness of Batman in order to make it work. Exactly. And so Tim Burton just amped that up and he brought the world into an even greater height of weirdness than, uh, than Batman had. And that was awesome. Uh, yeah, the best. It was weird, like, because it's very rare that Batman is almost like the straight man in uh, in a lot of stories. You know, that the, the guy dressed up as a giant bat is like the normal person, almost. Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> um. Anyway, back on back on point. Um, that's cool. So, so you basically just did you ever have a time? Because a lot of people, when they're reading comic books, they kind of have a time that they step away or stop reading comic books. Did you ever have uh, a time like that? Um, sort of. I mean, you know, I, 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 I definitely bailed on superhero comics throughout the nineties, uh, all the way up to about 2001 or so. Okay. Just cause they were just garbage. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not contest you there. No, I mean, I'm not saying that across the board, but I, you know, there's, there's definitely, there's just definitely was a lot of rough, rough, uh, Oh, totally. Rough stuff coming out, and I, and I wasn't interested in the visuals. I thought the like over the like hyper beef caked, over masculine, pouch wearing, like like Rob Liefeld esque characters mm-hmm. just didn't do it for me. Just were, was not interesting. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. 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 So so I you know so I was reading a lot of uh, you know I found a couple more indie comics. I was reading Johnny the Homicidal Maniac and Squee by Yonan Vasquez. I, uh, I actually haven't heard of either of them. Well, you know Invader Zim. I do know Invader Zim. So he made, he was a comic book author before he did Invader Zim, and those are his two comics. Oh, cool! Um, you should do, those are those are those are del- delightfully fucked up and hilarious. I would totally recommend both of those. I I, bar- I let uh, Rachel read them, borrow and read them, and she she quite enjoyed them. I think I feel like I have seen doesn't one of them is the one that has like that weird like painted cover that just has like a logo or like a Z or something on the front, right? Yeah, in a question mark. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've seen them in the comic book store before. Yeah, that's Johnny Homicide Maniac. Uh that one's a little more serious. Pretty pretty like 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 Yonan Vasquez all uh, obviously watched the crow too, one too many times. <laughs> but uh it's still it's still really good and kind of fun, but Squee is just about a little boy who has just like the most horrible fucked up shit happen to him, and it's the best. <laughs> I mean, with a cell like that, it, how how could it not be? I guess. No, it's excellent, but you know stuff like that. Those Age of Reptiles comics were coming out. I was reading all those. Those are uh, really cool. Yeah, some Star Wars stuff. Not a lot. Star Wars comics are usually not too great. Yeah. You're very right in that. I I tried to go back and read old Star Wars comics, and that did not go well for me. 
No. And then, you know, I mean, not a ton. Stuff here and there. I wasn't opposed to it. It just kind of had to be, uh, you know, I had to sort of just like happen to come across it and I would have read it, but I wasn't really seeking stuff out. Well, I got you. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so I, what I was going to ask is um, going back to when you're at school in San Francisco, you said you stayed out there for seven years. Um, what, uh, what brought you back to Salt Lake after being out there? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I, it, I, a, a multitude of reasons. It, it was getting too expensive. That was one of the big ones. Okay. Um, uh, you know, this is 2007, 2008. And, uh, Oh, so it's like right around the time of, uh, everybody was moving in. Yeah. Prices were skyrocketing. Yeah. So it was just, you know, that's a, that's, I mean, that's a, that's a, the logical reason but there was also like really missing being in utah and having access to all the wilderness that that i love um and uh you know my family lives here and i've got really strong friendships that are here and uh you know i wasn't quite feeling that in san francisco so yeah you know all things sort of added up to time for a change okay that makes sense yeah. And had you had you finished school at that time or had you decided fuck it or what uh what was kind of the Yeah, school's already done by that point. So it was already this is you know, I stayed in California five years after that, so Oh wow, okay. Yeah. That's no, cool. this is this is when I was, you know, working uh working in an organic grocery store and uh making music and fucking off. Living that hipster age. life. Or like like kinda hipster, kinda new agey. Were you yeah. were you driving a Subaru at the time? No, I was driving a Mazda Protege. Oh, okay. But you ended you ended you ended up going down the Subaru path, though. Well, I did get a Subaru at the very end. There, I got a WRX. <laughs> uh, but I don't look at a WRX as a new age car. I look at a WRX as like a car enthusiast car. I, I, right? I can see that. I mean, I, I guess a certain a certain type of car enthusiast, yeah. No, they're definitely rally cars, man. Those are well, big are. rally cars. And that's what I mean. As a car enthusiast who's more into rally than into other aspects. That's what, of... I guess that's what I mean. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I don't define myself by my car, man. <laughs> all I can tell you, all I can say is that I can, if I see a person at a grocery store, I can probably with about 80% accuracy tell you whether or not they drive a Subaru. Subaru. If you saw me at a grocery store, would you know that I drove around a red Vespa? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know about the Vespa, but I would immediately know you drove a Subaru. Yeah, fair enough. That's the thing is, I, I can't pick out what type of car they can drive. I just know whether or not it's a Subaru. Well, I guess my Subaru defines me. <laughs> it does. It, it it sets everything about your character. Crap. <laughs> no, um, you know, I mean, uh, you're not wrong though. I mean, there's a there's a like there's a reason people get Subarus, and we we bought a Subaru specifically for that reason, which is totally able to be able to get to remote places that are hard to get to with uh normal cars that but in a vehicle that's not a uh giant SUV. yeah yeah no and it does and it's a very utilitarian car and it does exactly have its have its function and so the type of person to buy a subaru is somebody who's probably going to use that subaru for what it's designed for so it's it's not even a knock it's just kind of a you know no, they're, no, i'm not i don't I'll take it as one. I like it, man. I think it's a great car. Yeah, no, they really are. Actually, I've I've been kind of considering a Subaru for my next car, and and I would probably almost never use the utility of it, but they are good cars. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, one of my exes actually drove one of those. You know those bigger Subarus. The they're not the Outback, but like the one that's like slightly. Forester. Yeah, the Forester. She drove one of those, and it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah, they're cool, man. Yeah. Um. 
Anyway, enough about Subarus. Um, so did you? So obviously you're you're married now. Did you meet your wife uh, before you ever moved out to San Francisco, or what's your origin story there? Obviously, I know some of these details, but these listeners they don't. They don't. Uh, no, we were we 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 had mutual friends in high school. Okay. Uh, but we didn't hang out ever. I mean, you know, we were at the same parties here and there, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe hang out, hung out a little bit, but weren't really friends enough that you like knew each other's names and faces enough that you well, like, and, you know we hung out i'm sure we were i would consider us to be friends but it wasn't like we were calling each other or anything like that okay uh and no i we completely lost track touch and you know i think for both of us the other person was not even a you know not even an inkling of a thought uh just when we both kind of you know when you go out and do your own things uh but then when i moved back to salt lake we just kind of we met back up at a uh uh, a couple times just at other friends' parties because she had just moved back to Salt Lake at that point too. And then, you know. Oh, cool. Started hanging out, and I guess the rest is sort of, you know, what happens when yeah. two people like each other. <laughs> You're going to give me the birds and the bees talk now? No, pass on that one. <laughs> All right. I, I still need to find somebody to give that talk to me. Um, <laughs> so so that that was, let's see, that must have been, what, like five or six years ago now? That you guys that you kind of met back up. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And you guys got married how long ago? Two and a half. Two and it'll a be half. three. It'll be. I know it's crazy. It'll be three in uh, September. Two and a half years and two houses later, man. Look at that. Look at that. Freaking just growing up and uh, and and about to have ten kids, right? Probably not. Let's <laughs> see the chances that are uh, astronomically slim. Yep, I know what you mean there, man. Um. Nobody wants kids. Nobody wants to be a Mitch. Nobody wants to have kids and be Mitch or be named Mitch or or like the Michigan Wolverines. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Shots fired. Let's see. Let's see if he listens. <laughs> see if he notices. Yeah, shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> totally kidding, Mitch. If you're listening, um, although I don't want kids anyway. Uh, <laughs> so so since being back in Salt Lake, what's uh, what's kind of been the the focus or the driving force in your life? What's that thing that just, uh, that, that gets you, gets you going or makes you the most excited? I don't know, man. I, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, I would not, I don't think I could pinpoint one thing. Right. I don't, I, I, I don't think I've ever been the type, I've never been the type of person that's going to like my one focus in life is my career, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, you know, there's so many things I like to do. I, you know, so it's my sort of, what's my driving force. What's my motivation uh life you know all all the fun things you could do that that are part of life you know one of which is you know reading all the stuff i like to read and watching fun movies and talking about all this cool geek stuff that i'm into one of them is you know uh being out in nature and taking photographs one's being out in nature and trying not to and doing dangerous things and not dying uh that's always a good play, plan not to die totally uh you know playing music hanging out with friends you, you know there's no just just basically just trying to be trying trying my best to be uh a part of the world uh, uh, a part of the world that i live in right yeah be engaged being engaged and active member in whatever may come along and you know really pushing you know and and just making sure that there's you know that 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 the time is dedicated to other things i like to do but Mm -hmm. no i i don't think there'd be any way i could say there's one specific thing that defines what i get excited about or what gets me up in the morning so what you're saying is that you're more you're more than a one-dimensional person 
Well, I'm not trying to like because that's I mean, there's like an element of like, oh, I know, you know, there's maybe a little. No, no, no. I mean, that. nobody's a one dimensional person. That was it was a sarcastic okay. question. Right. <laughs> um. So so as far as as far as podcasting goes, because obviously these 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 kind and lovely people who are listening right now, um, are mostly aware of you because of the Savage Land podcast. Um, and and my one um, guest appearance on. Uh... And your one guest appearance on TMBC when uh, we talked about Human Centipede for like five hours. Yeah, that was the best. <laughs> that was a really good episode. Um, but uh, what? When? When was the? When were? I guess kind of a two part question. A. When were you first aware of podcasts and, and listening to them? And B. When did you kind of start to think that you might want to to do something like that? Shit, man. I don't know. A. Uh, a while ago. <laughs> Good. Answer. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, I think it was just a natural progression because, uh, you know, I've been an avid reader since I was a kid. Yeah. And then, um, audiobook accessibility became a thing with kind of with having an iPod. Hell yeah. Uh, so that I would just be listening to audio books all the time. And then, uh, I don't know. I don't remember what what it was i think jenica was it was probably jenica saying hey you should listen to radio lab maybe okay or i found uh nerdist somehow i i honestly don't remember yeah uh but you know it's it's just sort of the same thing I, you know oh it's here's a here's a audio book except for it's not a book it's just people talking and they're talking about things i like to listen to so yeah what are what are some cool. of your favorite podcasts oh god i don't know uh i mean I, uh, radio lab's an excellent podcast um that's probably like the default one for everybody of course it's a very popular uh, program yeah. or this american life people love those too toes uh ones that i like that you know ones that i like that aren't uh like the the the, the big three the other one that would be you know for people like us nerdist yeah which i don't actually like that much anymore and i i haven't listened to in a couple of years nerdist is very hit and miss chris hardwick's a wanker <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, man, like, I mean, they, they talk to these amazing people and you're super stoked on it. And it's just Chris Hardwick trying to tell the other person how much he is experienced in his life that relates to what they do. <laughs> and it's like, dude, I want to hear about that person. You know, I don't care about your, your history of stand up comedy or alcoholism or yeah, whatever. It is, especially because you know. I mean, he's there. He's there every episode, and so you hear you hear the same story enough times, and you're just kind of like, okay, well, done with that story. So you're not wrong. I mean, there's a couple interviews he's done that with people who take over and talk a lot and are engaged, and it's really fun to listen to. And yeah, but I don't know. Ninety percent of the time, it's like someone I don't. It's not. It's like not really nerdy at all. Like stand-up comedy to me is not an element of nerd culture. Oh, totally. And that's like a huge. Anyway, I don't want to sit here and bash on nerdists because they do they do good things. They support things I'm into. So yeah, no, and I mean, but that's the thing is the nice thing with podcasts is is it it is so kind of hyper focused that uh, you know there's there's something out there for everybody, and there are definitely going to be podcasts there that that are not going to scratch a lot of people's itches. Oh, totally. So anyway, so podcasts that I'm really into, um, I really like the Adventure Zone. It's a D and D podcast. Uh, there's, there's, there's just some really great, funny guys. Yeah. You've been telling me to listen to that for a while. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, I really like how to do everything. That's, that makes me laugh a lot. 
Um, I listened to a lot of Savage Lovecast for a while. That's Dan Savage's like sex talk program. Oh, so it's kind of like a love line, but with Dan Savage instead. It, right, but Dan Savage is like uh, actually knowledgeable and not an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's see. Who, which that. which other big podcaster can we bash on today? I don't know. I'm just going down the list here, yeah, so I'm sure I'll find something. We got Corolla. We got Chris Hardwick. Uh, let's see. There's like I, I Kevin Smith. This one that might be cool. I don't know about that guy. He's oh, kind he's of an, like he's an asshole. So every time he talks, I just can't bear that. I can't listen to those weird voices. Dude, the voices are the worst. Like Ugh, one one star, man. One star. <laughs> one fucking star. Uh, no, uh, Star Wars Minute is probably one of my favorite podcasts. Totally. I just love those guys. Those guys are great. I I uh, like I casually subscribed to Star Wars Minute uh once and like listened to one of the episodes and had no idea what the basis was for for any of that. And mm-hmm. then you told me about Star Wars Minute after I had already kind of listened to one episode and I was like, "Oh, I don't even remember that." And then then I just started like binging completely through it because you kept like making references to it and random shit. But that that is a very oh, good the, program. It is, and they're just they're just such they're they're just obviously just really love what they're doing and have a lot of fun with it, so. Totally. It's great. Those, um, those are two guys I'd love to get on this show sometime and, and just kind of talk to about random shit. Just see what like what gets them out of bed in the morning. I mean, they're just, yeah. they're just really cool guys. Uh, anyway, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. There's a whole bunch I really like listening to. I mean, you know, if, I, if I'm in the mood to feel sort of like down on life and like conflicted about creativity versus self-loathing, I listen to Harmontown. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. I've uh, so I live my new place is like just a couple of streets up from uh, Meltdown Comics, and so I've been going to Harmontown uh, the last couple times since I've been here, and it's it's definitely like it, it does get really conflicting. And he, you know, obviously there's there's a lot to love and and a lot to be uh, really confused about there, but uh, it is it is a fun show, and oftentimes sends you down a spiral of uh, yeah self self loathing, self hatred, and and minor depression. Totally, but. <laughs> It's a, it's it's entertaining. I don't it know. Is. I mean, I'd say those are the big ones. I, again, there's other stuff I listen to, but totally. And what? So yeah. what? What made you kind of start to want to to do a podcast? And when was that? Uh, it was when I was listening. It was when I was playing a bunch of Magic the Gathering, and I was listening to these two kids talk about Magic the Gathering, and they were just like not good at it, <laughs> with, with pretty terrible sound quality. Okay. And I was just kind of like, hey, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, basically, it's very true. <laughs> and then, uh, and then when once when Mitch got the whole geek, uh, the geek mm-hmm. hangout you talk uh, crew together and started talking about doing stuff, that's sort of where it actually was like, hey, literally people to do it with, <laughs> yeah. to do a podcast with. You got all the uh, all the elements in order to just make it happen. You know what I'm? You know, here's here's what's surprising about doing a podcast for a, a, a year or so is how over this past year, how like bitter i've gotten towards the towards the thing that got me like really excited to do a podcast in the first place which is uh, a geek culture in general it is it is very true i've kind of watched you sour uh over this year on, on... I, I know dude i know i've totally soured i don't know where it came from it just kind of happened and... well i think it's like this this rise of like you know hating like the the default the popular thing is to just hate everything that's exactly i mean that that is pretty much it it's just is watching sort of from the sidelines uh, everybody sort of like be assholes to everybody else about something that when I was a kid was like, if you found friends that were geeks, like you held on to them and you were like 
you never would be shitty to another person like that. Yeah, you were you were smeagling. Yeah, because you're all bullied by the rest of the world. Totally. Uh, and now just to see now to, now to watch it kind of turn into infighting and bullying amongst amongst geeks is just pretty disheartening. Absolutely. Like and and I've noticed it's it's so weird because like for me I'm I'm still of kind of that like. I don't know. I, I think like my mindset is outdated or something because for me, anytime I see somebody like with a comic book in their hands, I get like fucking excited. Even if it's a comic book I've never read, never heard of, or never had any interest in, and I'm like, shit, like this is a person that reads comics. That's fucking dope. And I'll get totally. like excited to like talk to that person. And then you'll encounter people who are like, oh, I don't read superhero comics or like, you know, like shit like that. Or, or they have like these weird biases that they're just like super closed mind and like look down on other people. Yeah. Or like, oh, you don't like Doctor Who. You're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Whoa, buddy. Whoa. That's that's like the that's like 70 percent of the Salt Lake geek community. Yeah. If you don't like Doctor Who or Harry Potter, you're Oof. you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. If you don't wish you lived in Britain, but never move there. <laughs> sorry that was that was more biting than i intended but it's a little true uh it's true uh, uh anyway yeah go ahead oh no i was just so so then uh i guess in in podcasting and and in uh you know now sort of this this road uh that we're on of not only having you know our, our two shows in this sort of family right now but also uh expanding in the future what is for you kind of the the thing that that is exciting about that? Because obviously we you know we just talked about the thing that gets uh you know a little souring or or disheartening about it. But what's what's the thing about podcasting that uh, that you see either the potential or, or excitement in for for you personally? Uh, you know, for me, I I I, I really enjoy sort of having the opportunity to get together and just kind of bounce this bounce bounce off other people stuff that I do because I spend a really long time. Uh, you know, particularly in California, uh, reading comics and not, and nobody I was around ever read comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, no, that's not true. There's, I mean, like, you know, one or two, right. And and just like a couple people. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, there's that, there's the, there's, there's the, having the, having the opportunity to just hang out and talk with friends and, um, in terms of this, like in terms of the Savage Land, and just shoot the shit and kind of be weird and funny and make dumb jokes. <laughs> that, is, uh, that is, and fun. like just put it put it online and maybe people like it, maybe they don't. But it's just a fun thing to do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, there's no like, there's no like hope for stardom through the Savage Land, but Fuck no. but I, I do hope people get enjoyment out of it and, and have fun because I know, I mean, that's I mean, literally ninety percent of me of it for me is just having a really good time with with you mitch and rachel just just dorking off yeah uh that sounds like masturbating but we we only masturbate mentally when we record podcasts well if we're dorking off we just masturbate whales right (laughs) although you know dorks are not uh this happens man every just fucking time every time deviating on animal penises but uh that's a that's a that's not true that whales penises are called dorks. Really? Are are any penises called dorks? In like as far as officially? Your mo- your mom's is. Oh! <laughs> if I had music keyed up, I'd cue the your mom joke music. Nice. But I don't. Uh no, I don't know. Maybe. Um <laughs> But anyway, I mean just, just continuing down that same line of questioning. Uh 
No. What else gets me excited about podcasting is the potential to do other things. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got it. We I know we have. There's a uh, one. Yes. One one idea brewing that we uh, we just need to kind of decide and finalize what direction to go in. And definitely, yeah. Like it's oh God. We it, it's almost there. We're getting there. We got this. Is our, I think this being a, a good test to get to make sure the audio works and we can do it long distance. The, yeah, this is definitely a huge sort of uh, leap forward in in getting that one going because I've I've definitely teased it before. I think we've teased it on both podcasts now a couple of times yeah, that we've got I think a new we thing. Just brewing. Gotta, like ded- like dedicate the time and put a little get a little anyway and get decisive and yeah anyway yeah, so that that's exciting to me and then there's other you know there's just like oh, what other things you can what other fun things can you do with the podcast do i want to like i i remember when we first started one of my ideas was to do a sort of an audio drama and i'm not going to get into depths about what the details were just mm-hmm. in case we ever do it that shit still excites me by the way but that's a really i i dude i mean that sounds like it'd be an absolute blast to do yeah. something like that um you know, I did start. I played, started playing some Dungeons and Dragons with some friends, and that'd be a really fun podcast if ever if they like can start talking more and stuff. <laughs> we just have there's a couple people in our party that just don't talk, and it's like nothing makes a Dungeons and Dragons game worse than people not talking in a game that requires you to talk. <laughs> I know the feeling. I that was like a little bit of the the struggle at first when when we all started recording because like none of us really knew each other quite well enough yet where we were all comfortable just like talking and uh there was like if you listen to, like those first couple episodes like i'd say probably in the first 10 episodes there's always those moments of like the jason interview yeah <laughs> of me there's been like so what's going on with you guys here what's that yeah. all about well i think that's what organically led into having a segment on the show known as ketchup yes absolutely that's yeah. probably true that is oh, a fun segment. Absolutely. It, yeah no totally Anyway, that's what excites me. You know, again, let's let's take this and bring it back into what gets Matt out of bed in the morning doing shit like this. This is like pot, doing like just being creative, talking about shit that's cool and funny or whatever. Yeah, just doing stuff, right? Just you know, finding groups of people to just do stuff with. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter what it is, and this just happens to be a format that is uh, funner than other ones, and yeah. and, and you know, is is kind of uh exciting that you know i'm here i am just dumping my voice onto the internet here i am like being interviewed by you and (laughs) telling people like random shit random facts about matt and here i i don't know i'm just some dude who lives in salt lake nobody knows who i am yeah and that's fun man i think it's great i don't you know it's not because i think like for me you know when when chase and i very first started uh this show which was the the first one that i did um the idea behind it was like you know Chase had been a very recent uh, sort of convert, I guess, to reading comic books, and it was kind of like this thing of you know there's probably other people out there like that who don't have people that they're talking to that are just learning about this stuff or just kind of going in there, and sure. so you know it was kind of and that's that's where not only the name came from but also just doing the show was like being like you know what there's there's other people out there who are like us that probably would love to you know, find some entertainment out of hearing people like them just talk about the shit they like. And, uh, and yeah, like it's, it's kind of the same thing. Just, it's so enjoyable to be able to, regardless of how, how large or small any audience is. And it's not even like a, like I said, it's not a, a, you know, fame chasing thing. Nobody gets into overly specific podcasts to try and find fame. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's that thing of just finding that audience that, 
that is sort of on that same page and, and wants to hear people talk about shit and not be negative about things and be excited and, and be like just having fun with whatever the fuck it is that's going on in the world recently, like, you know, or, or whatever they're thinking about at that time. Oh yeah, totally. No, it's great. I mean, it's great. And I, and I, and I, I do appreciate that. I do what that, that sentiment as well of like sharing, sharing the things that you're passionate about with the rest of the world in the hopes that other people can get excited and want to share that too. It's kind of sort of just like, you know, maybe, maybe networking out a little web of cool stuff and, you know, and people can learn new about new cool stuff and shit. Yeah. And it's like, and you know, it's like, we're basically just promoting, you know, (laughs) like free advertising, free advertising for comic book creators. Totally. No. And it's like, it's great. I I, I want, you know, I want Rick Remender to just keep making comic books and I want Matt Fraction to keep making comic books. Fuck yeah. You know, what that requires, though, is not only people buying his comics, but people just being into it and, and supporting it and knowing that there's a world out there of, of people that want to enjoy what he what he has to offer. Absolutely, man. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I like yeah. and that's I'm I'm enjoying it now, too, because with with me moving out here and kind of having to change up the format on on that might be cool. It's, I think, created more of a separation between the the themes of, of both of our shows, because there have been times in the past where it kind of treads into some of the same territory uh well it wouldn't if you stop bringing up the news <laughs> no it's 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 definitely my fault i know um, i'm just giving you sh- i'm just giving you shit but <laughs> no i mean you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and i think that i do think that uh one of the one of the best things that we did was sort of like destructure uh the savage land a little bit yeah um to just kind of go a little bit more open format and uh um i think that sort of led it to you know yeah there's a there's a general consensus of we're nerds and we talk we like we're here's some geeky stuff we're excited about mm-hmm. but we diversified into like you know telling personal stories about our lives and i think that's really cool i i, I like that it paints the picture the savage land is more of like a sort of open forum in that kind of sense like the, you know our structure is like cold open maybe <laughs> maybe you read some stuff you enjoyed talk about whatever the fuck we want for an hour and then uh laugh at how i am in- incapable of reading off of where you can find our information on the internet <laughs> <laughs> no it is fun man it's it's been like as as you know you've kind of taken ownership of that show it's been it's made it definitely very uh kind of a different flavor and, and a different uh i don't know a different type of conversation and, and entertainment and i've i've really enjoyed that because it's kind of like that is the problem when, you know, because when we first started, it was like I was hosting and producing two different shows. And so there was just a whole lot of like bleed over into those two areas where it's just like my structure in my head for what I am thinking. And and, and it, uh, it it definitely got very samey, but uh, it's it's been nice having you sort of like. Well, I don't but I but I'm not going to take full credit for that. I think it was it was it was it was sort of the, the union between. You know, uh, you know, and and uh, you know, and and I, uh, between you, Rachel, and I, in the sense of playing off each other, like really listening to the other people and playing off of what our strengths are. Very true. Uh, and I think that's, you know, I think that's the sign of a good, of a good, of a good, uh, of a good unit is is what how what how how that evolution goes and where that evolution can take it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think I think having Josh on the show for I think he was on for like 10 episodes or so with us. I think that also I, helped. I, I think having Josh on the show was a huge help. I think 
you know, having Mitch, Mitch, I think was sort of a, you know, to some degree, sort of like a, a rock when we started to just kind of get everything moving forward and organized. I thought that was huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, and unfortunately Mitch had stuff he had to go do for a while and was, was, una- was unable to be there and, you know, such is life, life happens and there's no, there's no negativity or animosity there. It's just absolutely not. You know, and then he comes back. He's come back a couple times, and I think he, kinda, I think he kind of senses that it's sliding right back into comfortable territory, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And it's yeah, it's always like it's always welcome to, you know, to have that uh, that kind of rapport and that kind of conversation with people that you are comfortable with. And I think I I, I do think uh, I think the one thing that Josh brought to the table was a sense of absurdity to the entire thing. Totally. Uh, and I think that's such. I think that's. Uh, I think absurdity in life is one of the greatest, uh, one just one of the greatest sort of attributes you can take. Absolutely, because uh, he because life is life is just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, because Josh, I mean, Josh comes from not necessarily like a different background, but definitely a different background in, in interest than uh, than any of us do. Um, but he also like anytime Josh opens his mouth, you never quite know what's about to come out, and it's I don't know. There, there is something fantastic about that. Oh no! I mean, that's exactly what I mean. He's just like, just, it's just the guy. Just has, just like every once in a while, you get a joke that's like, I oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's great, man. I love it. I, I, I really like that sort of. Uh, you know, it's like, I look at the Savage Land, like a cross between, uh, uh, Talking Dead and Airplane. Mm. You that's know a, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's totally. That's that's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good analogy. So Josh, if you're listening, uh, we we really miss you. Although yeah, I, there's always there's always a there's always a, a a hot microphone available for you. Definitely, if um, you're listening. If you're listening, there's oh, gosh, I it's he's dude's a freaking enigma. I never know if he listens at all or if he's always listening or if he's you know like behind that door next to me right now. Like I, dude, I can, he's lost in he's lost in Neverwinter, man. He's 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 toasted. He's he's gone off the. He's left our our uh, our, our earthly plane for <laughs> the uh, elemental planes of uh, Dungeons and Dragons. He's off the grid, man. Um, but yeah, that's uh. Anyway, we we've we've gone probably right about an hour now. I, I'm not sure how much it'll be with trimming out the uh the audio for the disconnected calls and all that shit. But uh, we've uh we've pretty much filled up a whole episode now, and I I would absolutely love to to have you on and and dig even deeper at any point and and probably grab Rachel on as well and and get her whole uh her whole deal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you glossed over a bunch, man. I didn't I didn't tell you any weird stories. I know. I gotta like. I gotta find all those like uh, you know, the sleeper codes that activate the weird stories in you. Well, yeah, you do that, or you, you know, you ask uh, ask questions. And I'm not saying right now is the best time to ask those questions, but you ask <laughs> questions like, um, uh, uh, what is the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? Oh, look at that! Look at that! The, yeah, uh, the left go. field questions. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going roadmap. You're going. You're going freaking uh, 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 off Mad off Max. the trails. Mad Max, yeah. Play your role, man. Dude, I am pretty stoked to see the black and white cut of that movie. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I think that movie, like, I, I was talking to Chase about it, and he's like, dude, I don't I, I don't see the appeal or whatever. But, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, that, that Chase, sounds Chase so awesome. Chase didn't like Mad Max? No, he liked Mad Max. He just doesn't care to see it in black and white. Um, I, I don't know, man. That, that's like, like, I'm just as stoked for that as I was with when I've got the black and white copy of The Mist. 
Totally. And like, because it's apparently going to be like super high contrast, black and white. Like, it, and oh, to, oh it's going to be cool, man. I, I mean, I love black and white to begin with. I think black and white's just a fantastic medium. Absolutely. I, I, I was, I'm stoked. When does, do you know when it comes out? It's pretty soon, right? I think it's this month. Nice. Yeah, like. I'm stoked for that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, any If any any publicity agent for Mad Max is listening, feel free to let us know what that might be cool. Um, feel free to sponsor this episode. <laughs> yeah, feel free to sponsor this episode, Black and White Mad Max Cut. Um, and speaking of, of sponsorship, uh, if you're uh, listening to the show, you may notice that in the show notes we have two links, uh, one for Amazon and one for Acorns. Um, if you'd like to support the show, click on one of those links or both. We are not uh, prejudiced here. Um, and, uh, you know, throw throw us throw us some bones without having to give up your hard-earned money for uh just a podcast um you, you know do some shopping on amazon or save some money with acorns um as always you can find uh me i guess i'm 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 it's not a two aspect show right now there's no there's no chase involved so you can find me at that might be cool uh and uh and with matt well you you can, you can hire me i'm 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 hireable <laughs> Well, you're you're running all the Savage Land stuff. That's true. And so for Matt, you can find Matt at uh, Savage Land Pod on Twitter and on the Savage Land podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever medium you like. Um, his SoundCloud. I did. I did download the Twitter app. Yeah, it's 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 set up for Savage Land. So uh, there's a the probability I'll see something on Twitter is a little bit higher now. <laughs> There we go. If you uh, if you have any <laughs> questions for myself or Matt, uh, you can go ahead and tweet at uh, at that might be cool or at Savage Land Pod, um, and uh, and your SoundCloud is uh, Pangolin Moth. Is that correct? Yeah, I'll I'll send you the link. You can drop it in the show notes. Please do. Uh, is there is there anything else you'd like to plug, Matt? Plug? No, uh, I don't. There's no other. I mean, um, watch out for the third podcast coming to the TMBC family. In the uh, you know. What? I, I don't know. I guess I I do take pictures and I put them on the internet. Uh, on oh, cool. on Facebook, you can find Matt Hockett Photography. There we and go. I've got a, you know, I I haven't updated it lately, but there's a whole bunch of pictures I've taken, and I one of these days I'll get around to up, up, updating with the pictures I've taken over the past six or seven months. So sweet, yeah. Go go find his photos. Matt takes some uh, some dang good photos. The thing I like to do sometimes. <laughs> And uh, thank you all for joining us on uh, this episode of That Might Be Cool. And uh, see you next week. And that might be cool. I'm <laughs> <laughs>